You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Hey, hey, let's go Buffalo. Hey, hey, let's go Buffalo. The Bills make me wanna Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Thanks so much for joining us. In this episode, we're going to discuss the Buffalo Bills 2020 official 2020 season schedule. We're going to go up, uh, go over some of the matchups, some of the things that we like about this schedule, some things that we don't like about the schedule from a Bills fan standpoint. We're going to do some early, early, early predictions on whether we think the Bills will win or lose some of these games and, uh, and a couple of other things. So I want to thank you guys for joining us. I know that I said we weren't going to get together for a few more weeks, but you know what? I just, I had to come back. It's Brittany, bitch. And I am back. Had to come back. This was too much fun. It's 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 too exciting of there's there's no exciting news anymore, basically. After this, after this, between now and and uh training camp, potentially training camp happening, there's just not a lot going on. So I had to come on with uh my co hosts John and Mike to discuss the Bills twenty twenty schedule release. So I'd like to welcome them back guys it's been a been a few weeks since we've talked since we've all gotten together since before the draft um how's everyone doing doing great nate how's it going how about those bills undefeated so far mike how about you great nate thanks Mm. corona free corona free awesome that's great to hear so every i hope everyone out there is staying safe and healthy of course and uh yeah so the the schedule was released last thursday night and uh, there, it was interesting. We we always knew which opponents we were going to get. We knew whether we were going to face them home or away. We just didn't have the order. We didn't know when the bye week was going to happen. We didn't know how many primetime games the Bills would have, if any. So now a lot of that's been cleared up. We have some ideas on the strength of schedule for the Buffalo Bills and how that's going to affect their season this year, if it will. And uh, let's let's just go into that. Uh, the the Bills first, they start off week one, Sunday, September 13th, so far. I'm, I, you guys don't want to go over preseason games, right? No, preseason's pointless. <laughs> That's kind of what I thought. So the, for week one, so that doesn't matter. We don't even know if we're going to get a preseason, but um, week one, as of right now, Sunday, September 13th, the Bills are going to face the Jets in Buffalo. Week two, it's at Miami, one o'clock, both one o'clock games. Um, next, it's the LA Rams in Buffalo. At one o'clock, week four is in Vegas against the Raiders, four thirty, which is going to be cool. 
well, I, I want to ask you guys which which of these away games you would go to if you had a chance or if you had a choice to pick one. I don't even know if that's going to be an option with things going on right now, but that's always fun to discuss the the most fun away game uh, destinations. I feel like Vegas is going to be at the top of one. Um, the next one is always very popular. It's at Tennessee in week five at one o'clock. Week six is the first primetime game for the Buffalo Bills. It's in Buffalo against Kansas City at 820. So first primetime game on a short week after playing the Tennessee Titans, which is, you know, not an easy team to, to beat. They were nine and seven last year. And we're going to talk about some of these teams records last season. Week eight, Sunday, 1 p.m. in New York or in New Jersey, I should say, against the Jets. Sunday, week nine against New England. That's in Buffalo at 1 p.m. Week 10 against Seattle in Buffalo at 1 p.m., which is nice. You know, one thing that, before I finish this off, one good thing that uh, Nick Bat brought up from the Nick and Nolan show, is he wrote an article this week about the fact that there's no long home stretches or away stretches, road stretches. So that's that's a good thing for, for the Bills this season. It's not like they're going to have to do three on the West Coast or like three at home. I mean, three at home is never a bad thing, but there's no long break-ups. It's, it's, it's a max of two weeks either at home or two weeks away. So that's kind of nice. Week 10 is at Arizona at 4 o'clock. Week 11 is a bye. Week 12 is against the Los Angeles Chargers in Buffalo, 1 p.m. The next week is is it at San Francisco 49ers at 8 p.m. That is a Monday night game. Monday night in San Francisco, 8.15 p.m. at ESPN. Sunday, the next game is, is a primetime game as well. Sunday against Pittsburgh is 8.20 p.m. Sunday night football in Buffalo. The next game against Denver is a flex. It's either the Saturday or the Sunday um, against Denver. That could potentially be a primetime game as well at Denver. And then you have the New England game right after that. That's at New England. That is a Monday night primetime game as well. And then you have Sunday, January, the Week 17 game against Miami in Buffalo, 1 p.m. You have... Potentially, it could potentially be four primetime games in a row if that Denver game gets flexed to a Saturday uh, game or even a Sunday night game or whatever. Um, so you have you have that at that point. You have the 49ers Monday night, Pittsburgh, 49ers in San Francisco Monday night. You have Pittsburgh in Buffalo Sunday night, the Denver game, and then you have Monday at New England, Monday night football right after that. So there's a stretch. I want to say... If you guys had to look at that schedule and find out what the toughest stretch of games is, um, like three, four, or five games, what would you say it is? Because I want to say, I'll, I'll go first real quick. I, I think it's the Kansas City. It's it's the week six game to week uh, ten. No, no, I'm sorry. Week five, starting at Tennessee to week ten, because you have at Tennessee on a short week, you have Kansas City um, in Buffalo. Then you have at the Jets, which doesn't really count. Or it doesn't really, I don't really count as a loss. And then you have New England and Seattle back to back after that. But luckily those are both at home. So I could see like if you run out of that five game gauntlet right there in the middle of the season, like you, you, if you walk out of there three and two, that's a good thing. But you might potentially walk out four and one, depending on how good the Patriots are this season or how good the Titans are with Ryan Tannehill this season. What do you guys think? Is, is that your, is that your toughest stretch of, of, the season so far for the Bills looking at it? I don't know. I'm kind of looking towards the end of the season. Uh, in December, you got a Monday nighter in San Francisco. And then you got 
Pittsburgh off a short week at home, but then you get two more away games, one back to the West Coast for Denver, who, you know, isn't a formidable team, but it's potentially another short week if it's Saturday. And then you have at New England on the next one. Yeah, Denver was 7-9 and nine last season. Pittsburgh, speaking of Pittsburgh, we played pretty much the entire season without Ben Roethlisberger, was 8-8. Eight and eight. They, were, they were just a couple of games out from making the playoffs, even with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph at quarterback. Pittsburgh, this year with Ben Roethlisberger, could be a force because of how good that defense is. That's a good point, John. That 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 four-game stretch, Denver is probably the least concerning out of all four teams, but that's also a tough stretch to end the season. And then you get Miami, who could play like uh, Bracket Buster or whatever in Week 17. You could see easily see them trying to like pull a Ryan Fitzpatrick win against the Patriots sort of <laughs> sort of game against Buffalo, which is always kind of scary. Mike, what what about you? Which which of those two, or is there another stretch of games where you see it being a That's tougher the whole slate? season? <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, this stretch, well, five games out of sixteen. Yeah, it's less than a third. And then John picks the other half. <laughs> What's your question? <laughs> So it's mine then, is what you're saying. You like mine better? Okay. All right. Well, it's not even apples to apples because you, you've got five games and he's got four. Like Chiefs is, is with the is the defending Super Bowl champs, right? I would say potentially the best player in the league with Mahomes. Like that's the game you circle. And then the Niners game is the, the two toughest games on the schedule. The Bills have to play. No doubt. Both, yeah. The Bills have to play both teams that were in the Super Bowl last season. That's crazy. Both both very good teams. Both teams were thirteen and three last season. I'm sorry, the, the Chiefs were twelve and four. The 49ers were thirteen and three. But I like my stretch better because every besides the Jets game, I mean you're talking about Tennessee, who was in the AFC championship. You're talking Kansas City was in the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl. Then you have the Jets, but then you have New England, which is a perennial contender, Seattle, and then Seattle, which was eleven and five last season. And is always a perennial contender. Those are all teams with winning records besides Jets. <laughs> but I don't think the Jets are going to be a pushover this season anyway. In general, they were seven and nine last season, and uh, I think that they, you know, if Sam Darnold doesn't get injured halfway through the season for like a four or five game stretch, maybe they go eight and eight, nine and seven. Who knows? So that's that could be. That I I still think I'm going to st- stand by my. I think still think that's the toughest stretch, but I do see I do see John's uh, John stretch with the the 49ers, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Broncos and Patriots. What do you guys think about the Patriots in general? Are you guys still worried about um, that team, the Patriots potentially winning the AFC East? I feel like a lot of national, it's it's always fun to just count the Patriots out for the national media. It's always fun to say they're down and out. They don't have Tom Brady. Can Bill Belichick still do it with Jared Stidham or Brian Hoyer at quarterback? But I feel like you can never, you can't count them out until you see the nail in the coffin, the last nail in the coffin, you see their tombstone with their dynasty written on it. Because until that happens, I still think that they're the team to beat in the AFC East, no matter what. Do you guys agree with that? No. John, oh, you, want me to- <laughs> yeah, yeah. you don't think these things through. <laughs> you just go with your first gut visceral reaction. Like, yes, of course. I think Nate's right in the sense of like, until they lose... They, we've written them how many times over the past 20 years have we been like, oh, this is the year we finally leapfrog them. We've been wrong for 20 years. <laughs> like if Belichick left and all his assistants and Tom Brady 
and Robert Kraft. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's a different different team. They got, they got nobody on offense. Brady was like the last player they had left on offense that was any good. Now they got nobody. But if I ask you about Brady, you'd be like, oh, he's old. He's washed up. He sucks. Yeah. Don't yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> and with Belichick, right, like knowledge is cumulative. It doesn't decrease as you get older. Like he, in theory, is better every year. That's a good point. I mean, you know, he knows how to cheat. <laughs> he could easily, he easily could have retired when Brady left and said, "Okay, that's the end of this dynasty." I don't, but he obviously thinks he can win without him, or he would have retired. I mean, what is Belichick like? Seventy-two? Like, it's not like he's not old enough to retire if he wanted to, but he's just so good at it, and he's he's going to keep going until somebody knocks the Patriots off. I'm still going to say that they're. What is what does uh, Vegas have them winning? Nine, they have them at nine wins this season, and I think that's, I think that's that might even be underselling it. I mean, they went eleven and five with Matt Castle, right? That one season, six, six and ten. <laughs> John, you're you're just you're 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 thinking as if the entire franchise or the entire structure is completely destroyed. Like they still have an amazing defense. Like they didn't, they lost a couple of pieces, but they didn't lose everyone on defense. Like they still have a really great defense, and so they still have a lot of. I mean, their their offense is going to be suspect, but I mean, Belichick will just coach around. He'll just run the ball thirty times a game or forty times a game. Like he'll... you bring up Matt Castle, right? So um, there was an interesting point made by one of the guys on WGR where every time somebody brings up Matt Castle, it's like, oh, they want eleven or whatever, but that's still five games less that they won than the previous year. So if you take five games last this year, what do you get? Because they were sixteen and zero that one year, right? Yeah, seven and nine, right? Yeah, you know I do hear Bill Burr on his podcast, and he's an avid Patriots fan. He does say that he's like, yeah, everyone wants to say Matt Castle, but you know he took an undefeated team, <laughs> but still, that's that's no small feat. And you can't just say like how many? I mean, look at the Indianapolis Colts; like they were thirteen and three with Peyton Manning. He goes out one season, they go two and fourteen in the tank for luck. So not all teams are built that way. Um, I think you have to, I think that kind of gives you, should, should say that you got to give Bill Belichick more credit for doing that, for building such a good team because he can do that. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily a fair comparison to like the year before over how long has the NFL been around, right? It's a statistical anomaly to be undefeated in the regular season. What was their record after the Matt Castle season, right? Maybe that's a more apt comparison. Good question. I don't know. I'm not going to look it up, but yeah. <laughs> so so we're not ready. So Mike and I are not ready to write the Patriots off. John thinks that they're done. Um, but you even say yourself, John, that they cheat. And they obviously clearly get an advantage from cheating. So you would think that they would do better just based off that. <laughs> based off the fact that they cheat better than anyone else. That's got to be worth a game or two, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, both Brady and Belichick are cheating. So, like, you know, if the one's gone, so maybe... You know, there's a little bit less there now for the cheating factor. I don't know. What's nice is is they don't have, like, one of the best quarterbacks in history taking a pay cut every year for that organization, whereas I feel like every every other organization is at a disadvantage because Tom Brady was always willing to take a pay cut. I forget exactly what his what his salary was, but it was, like, in the low to mid-20s, right, whereas everyone else is taking, like, 30, 32, $33 million a year or whatever the case is and completely handicapping their franchise, their ability to spend money on, on offensive linemen, on, on weapons, on the defense. And, man, if 
you know, I, I, this is just, you know, tan, tangentially, I was thinking, we always talk about, you know, running backs being that position where you can replace them after a few years and draft a new one, whatever. How amazing would it be if you were the coach of an NFL franchise and you could figure out a way to do that with rookie quarterbacks and then just like, you know, file them in, in and out. Just, you had that good of a system set in place offensively where you had a good run game, you had a good offensive line, you had a good defense. Whereas every time a new quarterback's salary came up, instead of paying them $7 million a year, whatever you're paying, like a Josh Allen first round quarterback, you go from, instead of paying, going from like $7 million a year to like $35 million a year and completely killing your cap, you just like, okay, I'm just going to draft one next year. Like, I'm just, my system is that good. I'm literally going to fight, or or I have a quarterback in the waiting. Like, I'm not saying that's like a Jake Fromm, but you have one in the waiting that's like going to be on a cheap contract. And you, just, if anyone could do that, by the way, that would be a Belichick sort of thing. Where after Tom Brady leaves, he just files in quarterbacks and he just pays them nothing. He pays them like $8 million a year, $10 million a year backups or whatever, like a Brian Hoyer-like quarterback. And he just freaking spends all the rest of the money on defense, offensive line, running backs, whatever. Maybe not running backs, but you get the idea, right? How revolutionary would that be to the NFL? I don't know, man. I mean, wasn't Belichick's dog making most of those picks? <laughs> you just wanted to say that. Mike, what do you think? <laughs> it seems like an optimal strategy for sure, but I don't know how feasible it is. There's just but so nobody's been nobody's been able to do it yet. Yeah, true. True. But that doesn't mean it can't be done. I think the the important thing is the system. Plus, I don't know. I don't know what. I mean, you can't even find, you know, 20 good quarterbacks in the league. So how would you find one good enough to take you there? But I mean, that seems to be the ingredient to making a Super Bowl winner is to have to to, to not have a cap strong team because either you have like Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or like the best one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history or you have a, a quarterback on a rookie deal. So like the Legion of Boom didn't exist after Russell Wilson got his contract. You know, when he's making seven hundred thousand dollars a year, they're making the Super Bowl every year. Then when he makes he's making thirty million, they they haven't made a sense. So anyway, just just food for thought, just conversational piece. It probably won't happen um anytime soon, but it's just uh, you know, just a fun thought. All right. So at first when I when I saw the Bills twenty twenty schedule, we already know the we already knew who they were gonna going to play against. But if you go um I was researching what their uh strength of schedule is and the only thing we have right now obviously to to base that off of record wise is what the team's records were last season so we were talking about the stretch of teams where you know they all had winning records you never know what the record is going to be this season for sure but um based on last season the bills had were tied for the fifth fifth toughest strength of schedule based on their opponent's 2019 win percentage so at the top number one overall was new england patriots um, had the toughest schedule and tied for fifth were the Buffalo Bills. They were tied with the Atlanta Falcons and the, and the Detroit Lions. And I was looking at that, well, that, like, well, that kind of sucks. We all know that the Bills had a really easy schedule last season. I think we can all agree on that. I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty much a cakewalk. And even some of the teams that should have been tougher to play against, I mean, they, they weren't. I mean, just look at, for example, the Pittsburgh Steelers. That looked like a loss, potential loss at the beginning of the season. And then Big Ben goes out in like week three. And now all of a sudden it looks very easily winnable with a backup quarterback. So I think the Bills had a very easy schedule last season. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. So this season, 
you know, based on the 2019 opponent's win percentage, they're the, they're the fifth toughest. Now, someone on Twitter turned me on to this point after I tweeted out. By the way, Twitter is always great for when you tweet things out. If somebody's willing to correct you, they definitely do it over Twitter. They don't hold back if they think that they're uh, think that you're wrong in in any way. So it's a good it's it's the one of the many wonderful things about Twitter. It's the way you say it is one thing, but <laughs> I have to get cre- credit to our Twitter followers because someone pointed this out to me that uh, Warren Sharp of Sharp Football Stats tweeted out something where he basically gave the the toughest strength, the toughest and easiest um, strength of schedules based on the Vegas win totals for those teams next season, right? So that's more of an accurate way of saying, you know, Vegas obviously isn't going to be 100% right, but they every year they say, they give you an over and under of how many wins they expect each team to have in 2020. So I believe the Bills right now is nine, I want to say. Eight and a half or nine, I can't remember. But uh, they this this will show you. So like if you're playing against a team, like a bunch of teams that have over you know eight or nine wins, then you're going to have a tough schedule if you're playing a lot of teams that are expected by Vegas to have three or four wins. You know, it's the thing about Vegas that gets me is like the worst team in the NFL, like their over-under is like four games, right? Or four and a half games. And you know there's going to be a 2-14 and 14 team. There's going to be a 1-15 and 15 team potentially. There's going to be a team that's 14-2, and two, but like no team is. Like the Kansas City Chiefs right now are expected to have 11, like 12 wins. That's like their over-under. But they could easily go 14-2. and two. Potentially it's, you know, you wouldn't think anything of it. So they always, Vegas does always err on the side of caution. For those things, but based on that schedule, the Bills have the 18th, 18th toughest schedule based on Vegas win totals for all the teams that they're playing against. The easiest games that the Bills play right now, based on schedule, based on wins, is are the Jets and the Dolphins in their own division. Jets are expected to be at six wins. Dolphins are expected to be at six wins. Those are the easiest. Uh, Games on their schedule. If you look at the Cardinals, they're looking to be around seven wins this season. The Broncos around seven and a half wins. But then you get a stretch of like the Rams. Rams are expected eight and a half wins. The Titans at eight point eight and a half wins. The Chiefs at twelve wins. The the 49ers at ten and a half wins. The Patriots at nine wins. So the Bills actually only have the eighteenth toughest schedule if you base it on that. So I think that's that's encouraging as Bills fans. Is that kind of how you guys see it too? Yeah, I'm I'm very encouraged. Yeah, definitely. Last year when we talked about that, it looks like looked like a murderer's row. We were, jeez, it looked like the best of the best for sure. But hearing stuff like that puts it a little bit more into perspective. I think, especially like we've always, again for a decade and a half, anyway, have lamented the fact like we're in the same division as the Pats. Well, it's it's we still. I think are in agreement until we rip rip the title from them. They're they're the the ones to beat. But it's nice, really nice, being in the same division with the Jets and the Dolphins when they are um, subpar. I guess trying trying to find their way almost right. Like they're still <laughs> trying to figure out if they're a good team or not. Essentially, like I mentioned, a lot of divisions would be much more difficult top to bottom. Oh yeah. Like the Jets were seven and nine last season, the Dolphins were five and eleven, and I mean, I would say both of those teams got better on paper. Of course, the Jet, the Dolphins completely gutted their team from good players to get draft picks. So, um, you know, they got a ton of draft picks, so they're going to look better than what they had last season because they traded all those players. So, I I think 
to something that um, could work to the Bills' advantage, right? Like the Bills over the last three years have built a certain uh, culture stability with the with the coaching staff, right? Assistants, they've got the system in place. So now with the, the global pandemic, like when the say the preseason is much more truncated or I think it's certainly an advantage that the Bills and Patriots would have as opposed to like Miami bringing in a new quarterback, right? That's starting from scratch. Oh, yeah. Like that, that, that's big, I think. Yeah, I, really, I, even the Patriots, I mean, the Patriots are going to have a brand new quarterback behind center. Like that's one of those positions where you would really want a complete offseason for Hoyer or, I mean, who knows if they're even going to battle it out between Hoyer and Stidham or if Stidham's going to be the chart, uh, the starter. Like, you don't know that. That would be the time to really battle it out. Now you have to go in blindly saying, um, I guess it's Brian Hoyer, or I guess it's Jared Stidham. I don't really know. With the Dolphins, they have to start with Ryan Fitzpatrick because Tua hasn't been, hasn't had a chance to even, you know, step on the field. Their start, their new starting left tackle, you know, hasn't taken any snaps with his quarterback at all. You know, there's so many things. This was the year that the Bills, uh, you know, we, we mentioned this on the, on the, uh, podcast where we talked about COVID-19 and, and the coronavirus and how it could potentially affect the NFL season. And I think to your point, Mike, we, we kind of confirmed that like the Bills in the way that they did it and the way that they went about it and putting together this offseason, they went with guys that were familiar with their system in free agency and their draft picks that they had because they traded one away for Stefan Diggs. Um, their draft picks don't need to come in as starters, whereas a lot of the players that the Jets and Dolphins drafted have to be their starters this season. Because of either a lack of talent or because of, you know, mostly a lack of talent that they needed, you know, their starting left tackle to be the guy they drafted in the first round. One of their first, one of their three first round picks, right? So it has to be one of those guys. And it would be a lot nicer if, I I forget his name, I think it's Austin Jackson for the, I know I'm going to get it wrong, but whoever their starting left tackle is going to be for the Dolphins, it'd be nice if he had some reps with Tua or Ryan Fitzpatrick before the season started. With a truncated preseason or no preseason, potentially, or even like a pushed back NFL season. I mean, you never know. Um, it's definitely in the Bills' advantage over all those teams. You mentioned the Patriots also having an advantage because that system and that coaching staff's been in place for so many years. But without the starting quarter, if this was Tom Brady, I'd say, you know, they, they easily have the best chances to win again because Tom Brady's been there. They, they know the system. They, they wouldn't even need a preseason. They could just start from week one. And pick up right where they left off last season, but that's not the case this year. So, so let's do some quick uh, season prediction for how this season's going to go. Way too early, but you know this is this is the off season. It's a fun time to do this sort of exercise, and we'll see where we stack up in uh, a little bit closer to the end of preseason because we'll know a lot more of these preseason uh, after this preseason. You know, for example, um, you know, maybe a starting quarterback goes down from a from an opposing team. That obviously affects how you're going to view that game in the future. Um, maybe if we know that Tua is a starting quarterback at Miami, those two games change. And uh, but right now, I think we'd assume Ryan Fitzpatrick is a starter going in. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking. From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, let's go through it. So week one, uh, John, real quick. I know that last season you had the Bills going 16-0 and in our preseason prediction. I did. I don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely did. You're not gonna. You're not gonna do that again, are you? No, I mean I, I, I tend to be on the realistic side, so I, I don't recall that. Okay. All right. All right. Just want to make sure. I mean, it's, it's good. It's good. I, I wanted you to be as realistic as possible. So we're gonna go over this week by week. Week number one, New York Jets in Buffalo, one p.m. Win. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Week two, in Miami against the Dolphins, 1 p.m. Win? That's a win. That's a win. John? I agree, win. Unanimous. Unanimous 2-0. and All right. I like it. The Los Angeles Rams in Buffalo in week three, 1 p.m. I'm going to go with win it here. This one for me is tough. I'd go with the home team, seeing how it's the Bills. We'll say win. That that's that's the only reason I'm going with that too is because plus I don't know if Jared Goff is really the right quarterback and like I mentioned since they gave him um, you know teams that have given that huge extension like they're really I mean they had a good season what were they last season the Rams were nine and seven so they weren't terrible obviously uh, I just think that it's going to catch up with them and it's more or less it's more or less them traveling to Buffalo from anything and, and it being a one o'clock game so uh, yeah I'm going to go. John, unanimous on that one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll go with that. The win on that one? Okay, good. 3-0. 3-0 unanimously. Wow. All right. In Las Vegas, in week four, against the Raiders, 4.30 p.m. Week four, in Las Vegas, against the Raiders. <clears throat> I'm, it's a win. It's a win, right? I got to say win. John? Yeah. Raiders are a hot mess. That, that's got to be a win. Okay. Week number five. So 4-0 so far. Wow. Okay. Week number five in Tennessee against the Titans. Week five, 1 p.m. What do you guys have there? It's a tough one. This is the first tough one, I think. Yeah. Well, you know what? The Bills have always had Ryan Tannehill's number, right? <laughs> I feel like you're right, John. Thank you. They always did, even when he was in Miami, right? I got to go win. I, I got to go win now, too, just because you brought that up. At home, they were four and four last season. You can't really go off their home record because Mark Marcus Mariota was part of that team. But um, yeah, I'm gonna go win. On, Mike, what do you think about that one? You're gonna go win in Tennessee. That one's real, real tough for me. The toughest John one convinced me. The toughest one since the Rams, I think. So five and oh, jeez, wow. Okay, Thursday night. I think that one de- depends how they they play run defense. You think you think that they'd be able to? Um, you're right. It's it's definitely how they can stop the run. But they definitely have Tannehill's number, like like John said. For whatever reason, Tannehill has always played terribly against the Bills. But also, can the Bills, the, the Tennessee Titans have a very good defense. That's one of the reasons why they won against the Ravens and the Patriots in the off in the, in the offseason, the postseason rather. It's how good is Josh Allen and this Bills offense going to be this summer or this this year? And can they overcome their downfalls and their weaknesses that they had last season, or at least? Not overcome them, but progress and get better. 
I mean, that's that's the story of this entire season. If Josh Allen takes a step forward, I think that's easily a winnable game. Now, the next one, Thursday night. Thursday night football, week six, Kansas City Chiefs. Wow, what a game. Thursday the undefeated night. Buffalo Bills against the defending <laughs> Super Bowl champions. The 5-0 Buffalo Bills playing KC in Buffalo on Thursday night. That's a loss for me, dog. I hate to say it. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Monday night. You said Monday night, right? Right. No, yeah. it's Thursday. I'm sorry. No, Thursday night. Yes. Prime time. I'm, I'm going to go lost. Love, love to get that one. But. I know. I would, I would love to say yes, too. I'm going to say lost, John. Well, the game's at home. They're, I mean, New York Bills going to be rocking. And McDermott's got all this extra tape on Mahomes now. You know, I think they can pull this one out. I'm going to give it a win. Well, it's two against one, so we give it the loss. I give, I'm going to give it the loss. And I, and I, if you're curious at how Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs did on the road last season, they were 7-1. and one. So that does not see. They actually play better when they were away last season. <laughs> Their Super Bowl run. So uh, I'm going to give that a loss. What teams did they play last season compared to, you know? John, I'm not going to go through their entire schedule. Okay, <laughs> you're just going to have to trust me that they did well. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see what happens. Five and one, five and one so far. Consensus. Uh, week seven against the New York Jets again in New Jersey. What do we say? Win, win. Come on, sweeping the Jets. Sweeping the Jets, John. Six and one, six and one, right there. Going to week eight. Against the New England Patriots in Buffalo, 1 p.m. Week 8, New England Patriots in Buffalo, 1 p.m. Pats. Ah, this is a tough one. I thought the uh, I thought the Titans one was tough. This is a tough one. Hoyer and Stidham are the quarterbacks. Belichick's their coach. <laughs> He's not playing. He just calls the plays. Ah, the, the McDermott just hasn't been able to beat the Patriots since he's gotten here. But then you also look at the Patriots. We were talking about that earlier. Could they be tanking next year for Trevor Lawrence or whoever the consensus top quarterback is? You know, Belichick's smart enough to do that. He's not going to go six and ten. He's either going to tank or he's going to go, you know, ten and six, eleven and five. I'm going to put a loss. Hate to do it, but until they beat the Pats, how have the Bills fared against the Pats? Do they play better against them in New England or in Buffalo? I feel like they do worse at home than they do in New England. Although they did beat them, the only times that they have beaten them, really, when they haven't been playing against a backup quarterback, has been in Buffalo. Ah, I gotta go loss. I'm gonna go loss on this one. John, just just cause? Doesn't matter. Win. <laughs> so let me see. Six and two. Six and two going into week nine against the Seattle Seahawks in Buffalo. I think the Bills are going to be hungry after that one. I think they're going to be ticked off. I think the Seattle Seahawks coming from the West Coast to the East Coast to Buffalo. Um, I think the the Bills pull the win off in this one. I think they go 7-2. and two. Mike, what do you think? One's real tough for me, but I think some of my hesitation stems from, geez, probably five years ago now. You talk about the glory days of the Seahawks when Russell's son is – Rookie deal, right? Legion of Boom, going to the Super Bowl every year or making the championship. Marshawn Lynch. Like that's, right. That's still the, the team in my mind. I think they're a couple years removed from that now. So I'll go with the Bills win. Bills win. Wow. You sold me. John? But that's a tough one. John, you give the consensus 3-0? Yes, sir. 
All right, the Bills are seven and two now. Just to note, the Seahawks were seven and one on the road last year. <laughs> so, so uh, that's just something to keep in mind. That might be a tougher game than we're giving a credit for, but you're right. I always think of that when I think of the Seahawks. I haven't watched a ton of the Seahawks since then, since that moment in time. So seven and two going to Arizona in week ten. Win, win at Arizona four oh five Sunday. Win. Uh, yeah, last, it's a win. Last year the Cardinals were five and five ten and one. Yeesh. How'd they do at home? Eh, they did worse at home than away. So yeah, win there, win there. Now you got them going eight and two. Wow, eight and two into the bye. And now that there's, uh, it should be noted that nine and seven might get you into the playoffs this season because of the fact that they added a seventh playoff team. So um, that's an interesting thing to note that you know just getting into the postseason won't be as tough as it has been. Uh, besides just winning the division, which which is clearly the goal, um, there's extra wild card spots. So, all right, so week eleven. Week 12, I should say. Week 11 is a bye. Week 12, the 8-2 and two Bills face the Los Angeles Chargers at home, 1 p.m. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. It, that McDermott learned it from Andy Reid, right? You don't lose after the byes, 3-0. and It's going to go 4-0. <laughs> I like it. John? Yeah, I agree. I mean, plus they're, they're the 1 o'clock game, West Coast team traveling to us. Um... Uh, you know, no who's going to be the Pirate, or is it the rookie they picked? We don't know yet, but I mean, I think we can handle that. Yeah, Tyrod doesn't scare me at all as a starter, just having watched him play. Um, I'm not too worried about that, too. I, I agree. I think it's consensus to win there. Nine and two. Whew. It's insane. It's insane to be talking about that. At San Francisco, Monday Night Football. Bills Loss. <laughs> yeah, San Francisco, I think this is going to be a win. It's going to be. They're going to rise to the occasion. They're going to have an excellent record coming into this. I'm sure San Francisco is too. Monday night game, the rise to the occasion. And who are they playing? Jimmy Garoppolo. Win. I can't. I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> I. My gut says it's that's a tough one on Monday night football against San Francisco in San Francisco. Um, I think if it was in Buffalo, I think I'd still give it to San Francisco. Um, that's that's. That's a good team. That's a good team right there. I I'm gonna say loss nine and three, nine and three in that one. John, I don't think you've said lost yet, have you? I'm not sure. I'm just really looking at it one game at a time. Yeah, man. yeah. Doesn't doesn't seem like it, but I I'll, I'll I'll believe you. I'll believe you on this one. Okay, the next one: primetime Monday Night Football, Pittsburgh in Buffalo. The Steelers in Buffalo Sunday Night Football. The only Sunday night football. By the way, can we agree that Sunday night football is the best? It goes, if you were to pick an order of the primetime games, it goes Sunday night football number one, Monday night football number two, and Thursday night football number three, right? Sunday, Monday, Thursday, in that order. Yeah. I mean, I don't like Monday night because I don't get ESPN. So, <laughs> and then Thursday night it depends on how really in the season it is. <laughs> if I get the game. I only think I, the reason why I only give Monday night the the nudge over Thursday night is that every team remember when the Bills never got primetime game, but they're just like here, here's Thursday night. It was just like throwing us scraps like out of the butcher shop. Like here, here, take this, take this scrap Thursday night game, you mutt. You know, it's just and then we just okay, well that's that's what we took. That's it. We were happy to have it, <laughs> but. 
that's like where you give people when you don't want to give them Monday night football. And plus, that's when the Browns, the Chargers, Jaguars back in the day. Right, right. So like Monday night football to me is the nostalgia factor, right? It used to be the best of the best. And then it got kind of kicked back to Sunday night football. Monday night football got relegated to ESPN, so it's cable only. Whereas Sunday night football is still primetime. Anyone can see it in the country. So it's like, to me, so like Sunday night football, because it caps off the entire game. It's always got the best matchups. Monday night football is like, well, it's got the nostalgia factor. It used to be the best. And, you know, it's it's just not Thursday night football for me. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Except for a couple of things. <laughs> right thursday is the one we we got when we had to get one primetime game a year right but thursday other everybody's doing something else maybe you're going to dinner maybe you're whatever you're busy there might be college football on not that you're not going to watch the bills but it's not the everybody's eyes are glued to the tv like you are with the other more premier nights what i like about monday is it's the only game that day so it has a little bit of uh uh, what's the word it has its own place (laughs) i was looking for a specific (laughs) word that was much more succinct you don't you don't want a bunch of words (laughs) it's the only sunday right you've you've potentially watched a one o'clock game a four o'clock game now you're watching the eight o'clock game you're a little bit desensitized yeah you don't care as much because you're because you've watched games you probably watched your team play already you're like uh like whatever happens. Whereas Monday night, you haven't seen a game since Sunday, so you're like, I really want to. Yeah, I can see that. But Sunday night's still better. <laughs> like, even though you just made that point, Sunday night is just because that of the network factor. Well, like Sunday's well, on, like they the best, so everybody can see it. They're the best broadcasters. I feel, even though some people don't like Chris Collinsworth, I still think he's really good. I think Tony Romo's really good. Um, Sunday night football is is the best camera replays i think broadcasting everything is the best i think for sunday night football and the officiating is always bad so that doesn't count but um i i like i like the group better uh, you know they just changed monday night football group from booger mcfarland and the other dude that he was oh, yeah terrible those guys are terrible you didn't like booger <laughs> i wasn't a fan of booger or the other guy <laughs> yeah i don't think anyone was i think that's why they're changing it <laughs> Who does Thursday Night Football? Why can't I remember who does Thursday Night Football? Booger's kind of a weird name, right? What is his like real name? It's like a body, bodily excretion. It's like phlegm. <laughs> it's kind of catchy. I, I kind of, I, it's kind of endearing to me. <laughs> it's kind of like one of, one of the names that you'd have had for your buddy. It's your, but that's your buddy Booger. <laughs> There's uh mucus. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> couldn't think of a better one. So. <laughs> Pit, there's my buddy Pit Stain. Like it's just <laughs> there's my buddy Bo, <laughs> Bo, <laughs> uh, Stinky Stink. What about Stink? Um, yeah, Stink's a good nickname. Who's that? Why can't I think of his name? You can't think of his name because he adopted that as his name. <laughs> <laughs> People didn't give him that name. He just gave it to himself. Uh, Mark Schlereth. I think that's how he like introduces, right? Mark Schlereth. Yep, Stink. Oh yeah, yeah. I like Stink. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, we all agree. We, that, I mean, we could call you that. 
No, I say I like it in general. I don't want you to call me that. I don't like it for myself. I like it for someone else. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so Pittsburgh. And say that. Yeah. You no. made it sound. Do you want to call like me that? there's a jealous factor. Oh, no. No jealousy there. No jealousy there. Um, Sunday Night Football. <laughs> Didn't you gloss your name yourself? Something wasn't it like T Bone. T Bone. <laughs> no, that was that was the name. Was of, that was the name we got from uh, the job that we had in high school. We were banquet serving. They called me T Bone. But it was. Bas- I think you told them to call you T Bone. <laughs> I didn't discourage it. It's a freaking cool nickname, man. <laughs> Who doesn't want to be called T Bone? No, I think they had. It was funny because I think that group of friends from another school. They were from like a school within the same area. There's like five or six of them from that school, right? So they had a friend that was also named Nate, and they called him T-Bone. So they're like, oh, we'll just call you T-Bone. It's, eh, it's better than Stink. It's better than Booger. Didn't didn't George Costanza want to be called T-Bone? Costanza wanted to be called T-Bone? I think so. So the original T-Bone... From the guy that other guy that was named Nate was probably named after T Bone after George Costanza. So I was named after the guy that was named after the guy who wanted the nickname T Bone. Sweet. Okay, <laughs> that's funny. Somewhat ironic is like the nickname would, could have differentiated the two, but instead of allowing them to say Nate and refer to you, they chose to use the same nickname for both of you. That's seemingly confusing it. It's further. it's very lazy for them to do that. <laughs> the other thing was is there was a Nate that we worked with in that group. So they had so oh, they had yeah. they they had a Nate as their friend <laughs> and so they called the other Nate in that other friend group T-Bone so they could still call him uh-huh. Nate. <laughs> they didn't want to have oh. to call me Nate also in another group so they just called me T-Bone. I've had Nasty. Nasty I've been given as a nickname. That's more like Nasty Nate the uh the guy from Half Baked. So which ear, which I look very similar to Eerly in real life, so um, it's a joke. I look nothing like him. So Sunday Night Football against I Pitt- haven't seen the show. Oh, the half, it's half, it's a movie. Half baked. You never seen Half Baked? Dave Chappelle? No. Jim Brewer? Mm. That other guy? No. You okay. keep listing people. I haven't seen. This. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really like drug movies. <laughs> this one was good. Remember good. that one dazed and confused? Like everyone, oh, you have to see dazed and confused. It's terrible. Oh, worst. There's never been a movie we've seen in our teenage years that was built up as much as dazed and confused. It didn't live up to expectations. If I bet you, if we had just watched it and people weren't like, "Oh my god, this is the funniest, best movie of our entire generation," I might have enjoyed it. But when you build it up that much, I'm like, I had some expectations. This better be freaking good. It was okay. <laughs> it was a big letdown. So, so week twelve. <laughs> it's week thirteen. We have the Bills right now at nine and three. With a loss to the Chiefs, the Pats, and the 49ers. The Chiefs, the Pats, and the 49ers. Now this is Sunday night football against the Steelers in Buffalo. So the home field advantage there, Sunday night football. Nine and three. I'm uh, two very similar teams. Teams, the home field team on this one. You're going to go home field team, okay? Did John surprisingly goes for the Bills on this one, Mike? Man, it was a kind of a close game last season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we keep saying like we're going to give it to the home field, but it always seems like it works out to the Bills' advantage. 
And like some of these were like, oh, 50-50 coin flip, let's go bills. Well, eventually, like life doesn't work like that. It's going to catch up, right? We flip a coin, well, half the time they should lose. But so I'm torn, but I'll go Steelers if it's if it's at home. <laughs> Negating everything I just said. <laughs> so the Bills were, we say home field advantage, the Bills were 4-4 four and four at home last season. And they were 6-2 and two on the road. So it should be noted. I mean, mind you, one of those losses at home was against the Jets and they're with our backups. But even so, they still had a better road record than a, than a home record. Um, yeah, I mean, two. I, I mean, we're gonna go Steelers because two of you said it. But I, I, I think that that's. I think that's a winnable game. I don't know how much Ben Roethlisberger has left in the tank, especially after what do you have, Tommy John surgery or whatever. So um, I'm, I'm not convinced that they're still the same team. Um, but it's gonna be an important game. You know that that late in the season, week fourteen. We're, so we we both said Bills. Win. Yeah, yeah. So right. it is. So ten and ten and three. We're at right now. Three games left at Denver, TBD, Saturday or Sunday. When I when I just made sure we were on the same page, your eyes condemned me. Just so you know, you're like, uh, you like I know. <laughs> did I have condemning eyes right yeah, there? Yeah, oh. you did. You're very good at reading body language. Very... You go back and listen to that tape. <laughs> you said, no. oh, I know you guys are going Steelers. Just want to make sure for people not... For people not being able to see us. You know, that's pretty good, Correct. though, because normally I do an eye roll at a comment like that. So I've yes. gotten better. Yeah. So there's no eye roll? Just okay. A, just I... an intense condemnation, I would say. <laughs> so I give myself a win in that category of it not being an eye roll. <laughs> just daggers for, like, seriously, Mike? Mm. Like, we just... <laughs> Um, ten and three against the against. Now we're going against the Denver Broncos. Hey, I just want to point out here. So, like you said, that the toughest stretch earlier in the season here, but I think you only had one loss over there. Yeah, I don't know. With New England it was in that stretch, right? So two. So you're already up to two in the stretch over here. I just want to point that out for you. Yeah, we've only. Yeah, we've. You're right. We've only done one in your stretch, actually. So, so if you pick. Four loss in the next. He's shooting himself in the foot. He doesn't even know. <laughs> John, I definitely eye rolled my. <laughs> Did I eye roll? Probably didn't. I'm that good, but I would have. You deserved an eye roll. For that <laughs> I see what you're saying, but we've already given my tough stretch two losses, and we've only given <laughs> yours one. And there's only one game left that we're probably gonna possibly call a loss. <laughs> So if you give one more loss in the next two games, then you're contradicting what you were thinking is for the harder. Well, I think it will be tied then if I give myself another, if we give another loss in this next couple of game stretch. So, But your stretches weren't equitable. Blank. Yeah, I know. I didn't. Yeah. Mine were Some like. Some men are longer than others. <laughs> your mother been telling stories about me. <laughs> Uh, this is the off season, guys. This is this is the kind of quality that you get. I uh, I'm going to say win against Denver. I think that's uh, you're going to have Drew Locke as a quarterback. We don't know if he's the answer or not. Um, I know it's in Denver. Denver was seven and nine last season, so they're not a pushover. But um, I still think I still think that they're never going to be the team they were without Peyton Manning. So um, I'm going with that. Uh, what do you guys think, John? Win, 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 win. Why? Okay, unanimous. Eleven and three. Jeez, this is. I don't know. I'm. I'm kind of surprised at this. <laughs> at at New England, 
Week 16. Sun, Monday night football. Monday night football. It's, as you say, they play them better in New England than they do it in Buffalo. This is the time. They don't win more in New England than they do in Buffalo, but they play them harder. <laughs> yeah, so this is the time where they, they win it up. Especially. They're, they're 11. They're already going to win the division. <laughs> this this could potentially be for the division this week 16 i love your logic john they're gonna be playing for the division so they're obviously gonna win it it's like well they might lose it too <laughs> john's just like the stakes are high man so they're gonna win it well this could easily be a game where the bills have to defeat the new england patriots in week 16 to win the division i'm gonna go with win i know mike says lost two against one i'm gonna give the win because i think the bills are gonna split with the patriots this year so um, eleven and four right now, and then week seventeen against the Dolphins at home. Wait, I we were at three losses. Yeah, didn't I say that? I'm sorry, twelve and three. Did I say that? eleven and three? No, eleven, twelve and three. Sorry, twelve and three. Win, squish the fish. Win. Yeah, I think they're going to be out of it by then. Not that it matters because Miami was out of it last season, but um, yeah, thirteen and three guys. What? That's why this is a fun exercise because none of this actually matters in real life. But man, thirteen and three—I don't know. I don't think I would have guessed that when I first did this exercise. Of course, if it was Mike, it would have been a more likely twelve and four because he had uh, the Patriots as a loss. But if you guys had to take one of those uh, away games, which game would you choose? There's a lot of good ones this year. I mean, you have Vegas. I mean, besides the divisional games, which we don't count because you can go to those every year. You have Vegas, uh, Nashville again. You have Arizona. You have San Francisco, Denver. I mean, would, if you guys had to choose any one of those to go to, which one would you choose? I always thought it'd be cool to go to a Vegas game, to be 100% honest. I, I I think that just, that sounds like a really fun weekend. Um, and I just at a, at a stadium. Now, what's nice about it, or what sucks about it actually is, is it's still in October. I think it's still pretty hot in October. Not like September, probably, but um, I think I went there in September and it was so hot that you couldn't sit on the seats outdoors in an In-N-Out burger because the the seats were so hot and they weren't even made of plastic. They probably couldn't they probably couldn't be made out of plastic because they would have melted. They're made out of like stone or whatever they make those outdoor seats out of and like you could only sit on the chairs that were in the shade. <laughs> because like if there was like if there was shade and like a part of the table because there was an umbrella or something in another table. Like you could only sit at that, like those two seats in that other table. So, um, I think Vegas would be cool, but I, but I've been to Colorado. We went to Colorado on our honeymoon and, um, Denver is a beautiful city. That whole area, um, in Colorado is just beautiful. If you've never seen the mountains or anything like that, I think that's an awesome place. Um, so I think I would choose between, and I've always wanted to go to San Francisco. I've always wanted to go to Arizona, man. I've, this sounds like an amazing away schedule. Which one would you guys choose? Vegas, baby, Vegas. Brand new stadium. Check it out. Do you know it'll be state of the art? Have you ever been to Vegas, John? Actually, no, I haven't. Oh, that would be a fun time for you. Sports, you'd be, you'd be able to gamble on sports right there. Probably at the stadium. I imagine they'll have a sports book at the stadium, right? You'd have to. Yeah. That'd be fun. John, Mike, are you Vegas also? Sin City? I think you're right. Good good uh, group of games to potentially go to. Vegas is fun, but I think... Are we are we talking in a vacuum or specifically this year? Because I think a lot of it you have to figure um, October. Who knows what the state of the NFL or the casinos or the like? We we were talking. 
I'm a I'm a big fan of the Vegas buffets and like who knows if that you can even do that anymore. <clears throat> Communal eating, all touching the same, slobbering over the same helpings, right? Yeah. Like it just has a different feel to it right now for me. So I'd push it out, go to San Francisco. Awesome town, and I think too the mystique of Vegas um, with the the gambling for sure, but there's so much else going on. Or as you go to Arizona, like the, the Bills game is the highlight of your weekend. You go to Colorado, like all, the entire time you're looking for the Bills game. You're going to Vegas. Something crazy is happening constantly. Um, There's more the trip than just the game. Um, that's just my thoughts. Never a lack of, of things know. to do. There's always something to do in Vegas if you have the money. There's always. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, too, maybe not in New York specifically yet, but it used to be, right, you wanted to place a bet. You had to be in Vegas, but we're seeing now the the loosening of the restrictions soon. Hopefully sooner rather than later for us, like you'd be able to go on your phone and just instantly, oh, I like the Bills and the Niners. Oh, I want to bet on that. Hopefully um, we can do that. Yeah. That'd be fun. That would be fun. That was one of the fun things, actually, when we used to go to the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago was – just to be able to make bets right there. But before the game, we get there like a half hour before the game. We talk on the ride up there. Like, what do we want to bet on? What games do we like? That was, uh, that just adds a level of, it's just, um, you know, if you can, if you can do it without getting, going crazy about it, it's, it just adds a level of different excitement or caring about games that you normally don't care about. Um, to be able to do that on your phone would be ideal though. To, to just, yeah. Cool. Cool guys. Well, it's been fun talking, uh, uh, Bill scheduling with you, uh, the schedule in general, um, get some perspective on, you know, who the bills are playing and, you know, our thoughts on them. We have the bills right now as a group going 13 and three, which is pretty crazy considering they went 10 and six last year. They, they probably would have gone 11 and five if they were able to play their starters against the jets in week 17. Um, but you know, you look at it in general, the bills just barely lost to the Houston Texans, which the Houston Texans were probably the weakest team in the postseason on the AFC side of the ball. Um, you know, I don't know if the Bills, as much as we were upset that the Bills lost that game, I don't know how much further they really would have gone past Houston if they had won. Um, I feel like the the expectations are different this season for where the Bills could potentially go. Um, you're hoping not just to make the playoffs, you're hoping for a deep run or at least to win a game in the playoffs, which they haven't done. That's That's a win this season if you're a Bills fan, so... Uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun off season. I don't, I, there's no moral victories. You have to, things change so quickly. We need the Super Bowl, man. Do you think there will be an asterisk on, on the Bills winning a Super Bowl? The other teams will complain and bitch about it because the Bills, uh, won it in a season that was like, there was no training camp. Like that doesn't count or anything like that. They're going to be like, oh, they're going to look back and it's just going to count just like a normal Super Bowl. Or do you think that the, even if the Bills win, because they've set this up to be very successful with the way that they've conducted the offseason, do you see that? You think they, would, they wouldn't give us an asterisk? Like other teams, not that I care, not that I care, but... No, no, no. What, what's nice about the NFL, right? We don't have to worry about, like, we're all going, all teams are going into it with the same um, understanding, I guess you would, right? Because, like, it's different, I would say, in the NBA, like, things changed mid-season, so you could make the argument like, oh, I st- we rested players, we set our team up for a second half push, and if you're truncating the season, well, well, that that's not fair. Like, half you can't change the rules halfway through. I think 
you have a plan and everybody, all the NFL teams are on the same footing when you begin. Like there, there's no asterisks. There's it's not tainted in any way. Not oh, good. Good. So this Super Bowl win will feel just as good as any Super Bowl win. Okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, it just absolutely no asterisks, but you might be social distanced. Like, who knows? Yeah. I still can't see them bringing fans back into the stadium this year. I don't see it happening um, as much as I would like that to, to happen. I think it's going to be a weird. It's going to be weird and it's going to be odd. But, you know, I hopefully the NFL is is forward thinking enough to think of some really cool ideas for fans. I don't know if like... <laughs> Well, if there's a I could see him bringing fans back. I don't know if it's wise, but you could you could have an eighty thousand dollars excuse me eighty thousand fan stadium and only allow fifteen thousand in, right? Like, oh, it's every fifth seat. Oh, when you're entering the gate, you have to have, stand six feet back from each other. You have to have a face mask on at all times. Like, you, there's things you could do. I don't know if I'd be the first one in, but. I think there's a way to mitigate it somewhat. It's not all or nothing, I guess, is my only point. Man, you couldn't high-five your buddy. Your buddy couldn't even come with you if you're staying. Well, maybe if you have five five seats away or whatever. Like, that would be such a weird... Um, the whole point of, of being there is to like be close to other fans, right? To be close to your friends or family that are going to the game with you. I don't know how I would feel about it if you were... Tailgating is completely different. Could you even Could you even tailgate? I don't think so. You can have that many people. I mean, that's, there's a sea of people of humanity at some points within those parking lots in New Era Field, just with the way that things, the way that people cross the road or go through different sites or different, you know, the RV lots or, you know, get into the stadium. I mean, there's just a, how could you do that? Of course, if you're talking 15,000 people, the tailgating would be much less than an 80,000 person crowd. But um, I don't know. I, I don't see that happening, but hey, so again, it was it was good to talk to you guys about this. It's been fun. I uh, missed you guys, and uh, it's been fun talking about the Bills going thirteen and three. How is that not fun, right? So, all right, we'll sign off. I think we should go twelve and four. Twelve and four. Okay, that does sound a little bit closer. I'm gonna go. I, I'm not much for changing, but um, twelve and four sounds good. Let's say just to be okay. conservative. Thank you. Just to be conservative, twelve and four. <laughs> John, you didn't say one loss the entire freaking time, so. <laughs> So if I was going to say win and Mike was, okay, 12 and four. All right. Hedge your bets. That's perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Mike feels good because I think we had 12 and four at the beginning of the season, but you had 11 and five. So uh, last season. So I think that was a smart 11 and five was, was much closer than 10 to 10 and six. Actually, you would have had it right. They played week 17. So um, the starters have played. So thank you guys all for listening. It's been fun again to, to get on the, get on the mic with you guys and, and talk bills during this long off season that's gonna that's gonna happen between now and training camp. So signing off for John. Bill nineteen and 0, Super Bowls, go Bills. <laughs> for Mike. Go Bills. And for me, Nate, twelve and four. John is the eternal optimist, but I'm the realist. So Mike and I are the realists here. So been fun talking to you guys. Go Bills, and we'll talk to you guys again sometime. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. 
you can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.